my darlings, and welcome back to Heidi Makes a Podcast. Podcast, podcast. And this is our second ever Minnesota. I'm just taking a few minutes to check in with where things are at. We just crossed the six episode mark. If you've heard the first episode, you might recall was what I had designated as the point at which I would stop and take stock and decide if I was enjoying this enough to keep going. And I think I am. I know Paul wants to keep going. And I have yet to interview Lauren. And I have a couple of other people who have volunteered to be on the show. And so, yeah, I want to play all that out and see how that goes. You know, it does feel like we're still kind of finding our footing. Uh, But that's the point of the podcast was to do this until I'd figured out what I was doing and see if I could stumble my way into making a thing that's really good. Um, And I feel like it's still, uh, there's still a bit of a climb in front of me, like we're just getting started. Uh, It definitely makes me self-conscious at times to be kind of learning how to do this in public, but I think it's the only way. I think the only way to get better at something is to keep doing it until you get really good at it. And I I don't know if there's a way to make a podcast for no one. <laughs> so I'm very grateful to those of you who have decided to pitch in by listening and occasionally commenting. It really is so meaningful to me. It's really tender to me that you're willing to uh, go along on this little ride and see where it goes. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure where it, where it will lead. I'm finding that there's things about this that I really enjoy that I had no idea that I would enjoy. Like those little gems at the end, finding those and editing those. Like those one of my favorite parts of this. Like I just love sort of highlighting um, beautiful clips or silly clips that I found. I just love that. I had no idea that that would be so enjoyable. And uh, I spent a long, long time planning my ideal podcast. And never was that something that I thought, oh, that would be really fun to do ever. And so I think, I think this weird experiment is working. I think we're figuring out what is enjoyable and what is sustainable. Anyway, darlings, thank you for coming along with me so far. And let's make six more of these. <laughs> let's go nuts. Maybe maybe I'll shoot for 24. Uh, I, I mean, I'd like to keep going beyond that, but I'm trying to take it a little piece at a time. Um, anyway, so I'm going to end today with some excerpts of this audio course I've been listening to from Sounds True. It's called How to Be an Elder. And it's hosted, created by... Clarissa Pincola Estes, who's best known for writing Women Who Run With Wolves, Women Who Run With the Wolves. And she's, I think she's a Jungian therapist. She definitely seems to think like a Jungian. She has a so warm and inviting and welcoming presence. Um, I'm just really loving listening to this. And she has some thoughts about success and failure that I've been finding really intriguing and rather inspiring. And um, I don't know if any of you are working on your own creative projects or are dreaming of one day doing some, but I thought they might be helpful to you also. I do have this sense that we are all either elders or elders in training and that we all have wisdom to offer the people around us. 
and that we were all yeah, pregnant with wisdom, pregnant with possibility, and that we need encouragement and we need mentorship and we need other other people, you know, kind of working alongside us and rooting us on to make that come to life. And I don't know, I think that's a big part of what my life is about. In, uh, in his letter to the long shot, Frank Pulaski talked about times where he's gotten to help people express themselves in a, an authentic way. And it's kind of what he lives for. And I think that is really meaningful to me too, to help, you know, um, people share what they've got inside themselves, even if it's not in necessarily like an artistic way, even if it's just one-on-one, just sharing what's in your heart and what you've discovered from your experience. Like that's just such a tender thing to me. It feels very sacred and I don't know, it's just very meaningful to me. My mentor's mentor, Steve Porges, the the sort of delineator of polyvagal theory, he's mentioned in my radio program. He says that the meaning of being a person from the point of view of all his research about our bodies and how we co-regulate one another, et cetera, et cetera, that the basic meaning of being a human from from the standpoint of our evolution is that we're meant to be compassionate witnesses of one another. Isn't that fucking lovely? I just fucking love that. <laughs> anyway, so now I just made this episode an explicit one. Damn it. Ah, oh, motherfucker. I might as well make the best of it since I've decided to start swearing. Okay, lovers, I hope you have enjoyed this little short checking in and I hope you enjoy Clarissa Pinkola Estes and uh, I'll talk to you soon take care sweethearts I tend to think be as successful as possible so that you can create as much as possible be as successful whatever that means so that you can create as much as possible learn as much as you possibly can so you can pour as much as possible for others useful and helpful things so the idea of success though isn't usually predicated on the idea of learning all you can nor is it predicated on pouring all that you can it's usually a static idea And so you realize suddenly that in order to learn, you have to make a descent of a sort without the convenience of modern ideas or light, that you have to give yourself over to the experience, that you don't get to protect yourself. You don't get to don asbestos clothing in order to go into the dark. You have to go just as you are. And you also realize that you have to hold on to something that knows more than you. And you have to trust and rely that you're going to get to the place where the clay is, that you're going to be able to bring it out together because the elder is there with you and they're going to teach you. So you go and you go and some certain people will be behind you and they will act as horses. They will be pulling a wagon and they will be in the traces of the wagon 
So they will be pulling like horses, like a little team of horses. The wagon that you're going to load the clay into. And, and I thought about that too, you know, in terms of transmission. Isn't it the truth that often we go on the journey, right? And we have all the premises on straight. So we go, okay, we're not going to, you know, put light on it too soon. We're not going to take the lid off the pot. We're going to let it cook all the way through. We're, we're not going to go without, you know, without advice. We're not going to go without someone who's wiser than us, whether it's internal, external, a dream figure, an actual person, a book, whatever it might be. We're not going to go alone. But do we bring a conveyance with us to bring it back? In other words, when you go to dig the clay, you take a conveyance to bring an appreciable amount of it back to create something with. For the elder, it's an attitude, an attitude that I'm going to gather, not more than my share, I'm going to gather as much as I'm allowed to bring back. And I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to create something with it. I'm going to paint something, write something, say something, do something, make something with it. It's not going to sit in the wagon, certainly under the sun, drying out day after day. I'm going to make something with it. I have intention. And so the attitude is one that we're not fooling around here. We're not going to bring back a little tiny pinch of stuff. We're serious. We're bringing back the mother load. We're bringing back as much as we possibly can so that you can gift others, so that you can give to others I mean, what does it mean to know so much, to be filled with so much and have nowhere to pour it? And meanwhile, all around you are people with water jugs and bowls and barrels, empty, asking, holding them up, waiting. And for some reason, it's not that people are selfish. It's that sometimes when people are elders, they don't realize that people are waiting for them, that even unhealed, they have stories to pour into all those open vessels that the young are waiting to learn from. And as you know, our failures in life, if we speak of them and teach people what not to do, they're incredibly valuable. And you know, most of us have many of those to tell. So we're rich. We're rich in failure stories. This is good. 